Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Anyone here watch the Oscars this year? It was a Best Documentary winner, Free Solo. It's about a guy named Alex climbing a 3,000-foot cliff with no rope. Some viewers found this footage so terrifying, they started hyperventilating. Well, my name is also Alex. And a lot of people ask me if I do the same things as Alex Honnold. Well, yes, we have both climbed El Capitan. But if rock climbing was crime fighting, I'm a cop and he's Batman. We're both on the same team, but I'm never going to be on his level. Also, in case my mother is watching this, uh, I have no plans to climb without a rope. (laughs) So the seed for this passion was planted when I was eight years old. I went on a family vacation to Yosemite National Park. When you're driving there, the redwood forests are just so huge, and then all of a sudden, these trees break, and there it is. El Capitan is truly larger than life. I mean, when you're standing in the meadow looking at it, you, you practically have to lay down on your back just to see the top of it. They, um, they have rangers sitting, in the, sitting there helping tourists because you can't see the climbers with your naked eyes, so they have telescopes that you can look through to see them. First time I saw someone climbing this thing, I, I felt this draw uh, that I later realized was spiritual. I actually turned to my mom and said, I'm going to climb that when I get older. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> so for the next... Every time we went on vacation after that, that's what I did, was climb. Um, before there were commercially available rock climbing gyms like we have now, somebody just south of Ames had converted their grandfather's barn into this place that we could go climb in, and that's where I used to practice. Uh, when I became an adult, I worked just to support my climbing habit. Uh, I traveled three to four months out of the year, just climbing and having relationships with these mountains. So 22 years later, here I am, standing at the bottom of El Capitan. I'm warming up, getting supplies ready for a summit bid that we plan on attempting in in a few days, and then I, I hear this crack, this explosion. I look off to my right, and I see this chunk of rock the size of a house detach from the wall and fall a thousand feet to the ground. When it hit, it exploded and sent this mushroom cloud up into the air. As soon as I saw that, I thought, you know, I have to make a choice. I could either 
go get help or I can be help. So I grabbed a couple nearby supplies and I took off running. And my heart was beating out of my chest. And the whole time, all I could think was, I hope nobody's over there. I, I hope I'm running for no reason. Along the way, uh, another climber had rappelled off of the wall and, and we started running together. And then we, we saw this woman. She's leaning against the, against the cliff and she's holding her right side. Her, her body was covered in bruises from her waist up. And we, Are you okay? Are you okay? Is there anyone else with you? She says, my, my husband, he's back there. He's hurt really bad. Please, please help him. And... The first climber stayed with her and I took off running. Uh, when I saw him uh, curled up in the fetal position, it was tough for me. I've, it was the first time I've ever seen a, a dead person outside of a funeral home. And when I walked back to her, the other climber had determined she had some broken ribs and, and a possible concussion and I just, I didn't have the heart to tell her about her husband. Uh, Rock climbing is known as a solitary sport, and I'm a very social person, but I really thrive in sports where success and failure is all on me. You know, a lot of times in life, you, you, have, you have to make a choice, and you think, well, somebody else can do it, or somebody else is better suited to handle this situation. But in rock climbing, there is no one else. It's, it's all on you. So we helped search and rescue get there and, and uh, helped them stabilize this woman. We, we couldn't put her on a gurney because it turned out the, the broken ribs had collapsed one of her lungs. And if she laid down, she couldn't breathe. So we had to put her in this special basket that kept her upright. And then the helicopter flew back in with a rope hanging down from it. And we're, you know, clip her to the, clip her to this rope and then, you know, a few, a few short helicopter rides later, she was admitted into the hospital and uh, she made a full recovery. And the story made national news. Well, sometimes it's, it, it's easy to make decisions when, when you have no choice. You have to keep going and you're tired and you just have to. But when you have this chance to, to stop and to assess the situation, look around, that's when, that's when choices can get difficult. So three days later, I find myself in just that type of situation. We were on day two of what was supposed to be a three-day climb. Yeah, that's right, I'm still climbing this thing. Uh, and the day before, we had climbed 1,200 feet in just over 16 hours. Uh, so we were, you know, a little bit tired. Just, just for reference, 801 Grand downtown here, it's 600 feet tall. Uh, so the first part of this day's climb involved this tricky 50-foot section of chimney climbing. Now imagine you go downtown, you're in an alley, and the walls between these two buildings are about three feet apart, right? You're going to push your back against one side. You're going to push your foot against the other. And now imagine shimmying up that four stories. So 
This type of climbing isn't extremely physically uh, demanding, but you can't clip your rope to anything. So if you fall, you're gonna get hurt. And standing here, I, I kept thinking back to my daughter. You know, what if, like, why am I doing this? What if I get hurt? What if I, what if I can't work? What if I can't support her? Uh, honestly, I yelled down to my partner, you know, asked him to do it. You know, I tried to get out of it. And he, he said he was too tired from the day before. And if I couldn't do it, then we had to go down. So I had to think about you know, why, why I was standing on that ledge. Sometimes when I'm climbing things like this, I have to, uh, I have to think about other people. I, I use people that inspire me and sometimes I dedicate climbs to them to, to help get me through you know, hard situations like this. On that day, standing on that ledge, I went through, I went through my whole Rolodex and I couldn't think of anybody. <laughs> So I started thinking about, you know, why am I there? Well, this was, this is the culmination of a 22 year dream. And that made me think about my daughter and that little phrase that I always tell her to follow your dreams. Well, if I'm too scared to follow my dream, how could I expect her to follow hers? So she was my inspiration that day. After standing on that, on that ledge for a while, I stepped off, and three minutes later, I found myself on top of that section, and I screamed out to my partner, Matt, we're rock climbing now. <laughs> so to stay on pace, we had to keep climbing well into the night. Around 1 a.m., I'm, I'm starting to nod off while I'm climbing. I'm just, all right, and... And I'm going, I'm going, and then all of a sudden I reach up to put my hand in this crack and I see eight big eyes staring at me. <laughs> Go, I put my hand in there, the spider lunch, and I scream a little bit, maybe just a little. And my partner, Matt, oh, what's wrong? So, dude, there's this huge spider up here and it is lunging at me. He goes, wait a second, dude. You're telling me you're climbing in the middle of the night, 2,000 feet off of the ground, and you're scared of a spider? <laughs> it was a very aggressive looking spider, okay? <laughs> so it got my heart going. I was able to keep going for a while. We found a, found a ledge just big enough for us to spend the night on. And about four hours later, you know, the sun came up, so we started climbing again. Well, summit day is a, it's a tough day because it's the culmination of this 22-year dream is about to come to an end. You know, I couldn't, think, I couldn't help think about the things that got me here. I mean, that woman, you know, has surely found out that her husband was dead by now, and she has to be... In, in deep grief, but at the same time, I look backwards, I could see the meadow, and I think, you know, what if there's some little kid asking a ranger if he can look through the telescope? Yeah, I look through the, 
I look over here and I can still see that debris field from the rock and I wonder if search and rescue was able to uh, retrieve that man's body yet. But out of all the choices I've made in my life, some better than others, I was here climbing this mountain with my best friend and I could think of nowhere I would rather be. Later that evening, with only about 100 feet of pretty easy climbing left above us, we found this little ledge, just big enough for both of us to sit down and dangle our feet off of. <laughs> now, at this point, the wall is so overhung that if you had a pebble and you stuck your hand out, which you shouldn't do, and you dropped it, it would fall straight down 3,000 feet to the valley floor. Matt and I took a moment here. He looked at me and he said, dude, climbing this route is like the, your, the dissertation of rock climbing. When we summit this, we're going to have our PhD. But when we got to the top, there was no provost handing out diplomas, no annoyed, sweaty professors waiting to shake our hand. It was just us and a big pile of gear. I'd stashed a little bottle of whiskey in the bag for a summit celebration. So there we sat with warm bellies, watching the moon come up over the valley rim. Now, life is all about choices. You, know, you, can, you can choose who you want to marry. You can choose your job. You can choose where to live, whether or not you want to have kids. But rock climbing, I didn't choose rock climbing. Rock climbing chose me. And every time I'm packing my car, I always think about the inconvenience, you know, like the, the money this trip's going to cost, the, the things I have to put on hold. When I stand on a summit like that, that all just melts away because this is how I choose to pray. Thank you.